0: I am going to do everything in my possible power to encourage these young people to play a guitar, play a piano, whatever they play, to encourage them. And I trust that you'll do just the same. I trust you enjoyed that. Amen. Luke chapter number two and verse number twelve. Bible says, "This shall be a sign unto you, and ye shall find the babe wrapped." The help of God, I want to preach on this thought. God wrapped his gift. I was thinking about this the other day as I was watching Darlene and the girls wrap some gifts. And the fact that God wrapped his gift. Now, of course, if you know your Bible, you'll know that the Bible tells us that some wise men brought the Lord a gift, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Yeah, it is interesting. They didn't wrap them. I have to wonder, why didn't they wrap them? Well, number one, they were wise. Second, they were men. That's the reason they didn't wrap them, praise God. As a matter of fact, the best thing to ever come along was gift bags, and I love them. Each year it's estimated that there is 8,000 tons of Christmas wrapping paper used. Christmas wrapping business is a $2.6 billion industry. As a matter of fact, 50% of all the paper consumed in the U.S. is used for gift wrapping and decoration. First Christmas wrapping was uh, sold by Hallmark in 1917. Now through the years there have been thousands and thousands and thousands of gifts given out. Yet John 3, 16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Beyond a doubt, the greatest gift that's ever been given was when Jesus gave us, when God gave us his Son. Amen. We find, though, he wrapped that gift Luke 2.7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Again, the shepherds tell us, the angel told the shepherds that this should be a sign unto you. You should find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. This morning, for just a little while, I want us to think on this thought that God wrapped his gift May I say, first of all, this morning, he wrapped his gift, the the gift that God wrapped was a miracle. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. Who else could take a miracle and wrap it but God? And yet, that's exactly what he did. It is estimated since the beginning of time that 57 billion people have lived on earth. And all but two were born as babies. I know you think some of your children have been hatched, but they were all born. And of all the 57 billion people on earth, none had a birth like our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything about his, his birth was a miracle. Oh, don't miss this. God wrapped a miracle Now, amazing. He wrapped a miracle. May I say, first of all, it was miraculous in its control. We live in a day that, uh, that man believes he's, uh, in control. Luke 2 1 tells us, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Of course, that word tax literally means this. It means to write down. It means to enroll. It means to register in a census. As a matter of fact, what they were actually doing here was this. They were were, were taking a census. And everybody had to go back to the country from which their father and they were born in. And, uh, and in the midst of the census, as soon as they got done with the census, they taxed them. So don't miss it. The taxing happened. Praise God. So, and so, but we find that, and in the midst of all this, it looks like in the story, it looks like in the story that Caesar Augustus is in charge and in control. And yet the reality behind the decree, behind the ordered census, I want you to know that was a miraculous control. It would literally change your world if we could grasp we're not near as much control of things as we think we are. Did you hear what I said? It would absolutely turn your, you could have the greatest Christmas you've ever had this morning if you could come to terms. You're not near as much of control as you think you are. We find in behind this old scene, I'm glad, and the Bible says, and all went to be taxed, everyone in his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. We find here that God is in control of time and events, and God is in control of his divine purpose and divine promises. Now, I don't know about you. I'm thrilled he's in control. If I thought our governor's in control, I'd find me a cave, buy me a bunch of guns and some pork and beans, and I'd shoot anybody that come up. I'm glad you say, but you 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 think this? God, yes, the Bible says God sets up kingdoms and He removes them. Now, this is going to hairlip some of you liberals, but you'll be okay. If God wanted this president removed, he'd remove him in a heartbeat. Hasn't days gone by. Now, I want you to know, he's not in control. The Congress is not in control. Aren't you glad of that? You say, what? Are you Republican? Democrat? Yeah, it don't make any difference. Put him on the sack and shake it good. It don't make no difference What falls out. Bunch of crooks. The idea is this. They're not in control of this thing. I'm glad as we come this morning to the house of God you find that Micah 5 two thousands thousands of years before this ever took place you're going to find, the Bible says, but thou Bethlehem, afraid of those thou be little among the thousands in Judah, yet out of thee should come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from old and from everlasting. We are literally folks falling apart, trying to Control situations in our lives. We're, we're, we're just falling all the pieces when, in fact, we grasp something in the midst of this miracle. It was a miraculous control. See, Mary and Joseph, no doubt, had already come to terms. By this time, they've come to terms that this baby's different. The father's the, was God Himself, and that. She was a virgin and never known a man. And then everything was different. And yet as the time drew near, as the time drew near, no doubt, Mary said, Joseph, you know, we, we've got to build us a crib. Joseph, done been working on it, got one ready. I mean, maybe a done got, got one ready, Mary. We're making preparations for the child to come into this world. And all of a sudden, God said, No, I want you to go 80 miles. It was 80 miles trip to Bethlehem. But the prophecies of God are always true. And the promises of God are always fulfilled. Warren Wiersbe said this, Augustus Caesar was ruling, but God was in charge God used Caesar Augustus' uh, declaration to move Joseph and Mary 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to fulfill his word. My goodness, I'm glad, Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 Wherefore are we to pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. There is no what ifs with God. There never has been a time when God has said, uh-oh. Never has. We, we get this perception and I, and I really believe people have this. I believe people have a perception of an old, feeble, white-haired man sitting on a throne about ready to fall in the floor. I I really do. I believe that's a perception people have of him. When in reality, it is not that way at all. You say, what's he look like? I got a picture at the house on my wall. Is that what he looks like? I I probably not. And uh, that's going to get somebody all Torah. Probably not. I will tell you this much. John the Revelator said, his voice is like the sound of rivers. The Bible says he tries men with his eyelids and the earth says, Don't sound too feeble to me. Amen. And reality is, when we face him, we will fall on our face as a dead man. John did. And John didn't get up till God touched him and allowed him to get up. We find in this story that God wrapped a miracle. It was a miracle, and he's in charge and he's in control. It is never if, if his promises, it's only when of his promises. He's in control. I, now, I'll be honest with you. Some of our folks, they're going to say, it's okay if you say amen. I know this. I like control. I like to know what's going to happen. I like to know what's going to uh, Those that work close to me know that. I like to know in detail what we're going to be doing, how it's going to happen, and where this is at, and who's taking care of this. And who's take, I mean, we, we, don't, we don't haphazardly do service on Sunday morning. We don't do it off the cuff. Almost everything is is planned, and and those that work close to me understand that. And uh, but oh my goodness! And, and one of my greatest battles of pastoring has been that very fact: is that God God's in control. I'll give you one illustration. I got to go quickly. I've sent you one Wednesday night I come into church, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to have one song, and I'm going to preach. I got to be at the funeral home by eight o'clock." I mean, I, I mean, I was a moving it in high gear. I said, okay, let's see. I sat down, and I think maybe I had one special. Anyway, the special started, and all of a sudden, people just started slipping out of the pew and finding themselves in the altar and a weeping and carrying on. And I'm just sitting right here, and I'm just saying, well, my gosh. Whoa. Whoa. And you know what i done? I took that little feeble uh, outline I shoved in the back of my Bible. I said, I might get there. I might not. God, you're in charge. You help yourself. I want you to know he's in charge of this thing. He wrapped a miracle. It was miraculous in his control. Can I say this? It was miraculous in her conception. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. And as special as it was for that firstborn, this wasn't an ordinary birth. Adam Clark wrote, at length the moment is come which is to give a son to a virgin, a savior to a world, a pattern to mankind, a sacrifice to sinners, a temple to the divinity, and a new principle to a new world. Luke 1, 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto Gal- to the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man who was named Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Isaiah, the old prophet, said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. R. L. Moyer wrote: The God who brought forth a motherless woman for Eve from the body of a, of a man Adam brought forth a fatherless man Jesus Christ from the body of a woman Mary. I'll tell you that again: The God who brought forth a motherless woman Eve from the body of a man Adam brought forth a fatherless man Jesus Christ from the body of a woman Mary. Larry King was interviewed once. Of course, everybody I hope knows who Larry King is. And uh, someone said, "Who would you, if you had the opportunity, who would you most want to interview?" He said, "Oh, that—that's—I I would like to interview Jesus Christ. Really? Well, what would you ask him?" He said, "I would ask him if he was indeed virgin born." Because here's what he said. The answer to that question would define history for me. Well, Larry King, I'd like to answer that for you. Yes, he was. He wasn't born to a young maiden. I mean, he was born to a virgin, praise God. There's a lot of difference between a young maiden and a virgin. And we find in the birth was a miraculous conception. The angel said to Mary, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. He shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of the father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom, shall be; there shall be no end. He's both a redeemer and a ruler. He was the son of the highest and savior to the lowest. He existed from eternity past and will reign throughout eternity future. He's both great and glorious. Socrates taught for 40 years, Plato taught for 50, Aristotle taught for 40 years, Jesus taught for three. And those three years transcend in influence. More than all the combined 130 years of those men we just mentioned. Jesus painted no picture. Yet the paintings of Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci received their inspiration from him. Jesus wrote no poetry. But Dante and Milton, scores of the world's greatest poets were inspired by him. Jesus composed no music. Still Hayden and Handel and Beethoven and Bach and all of these got their melodies and, the, and symphonies were enriched by the birth of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He wasn't an ordinary baby, praise God. His different. God wrapped a miracle. God wrapped a miracle. One of the reasons I wanted Elijah to play this morning, most of you know this story, but at nine months old, he had cancer. And he lost a kidney. And I'll be honest with you, we didn't know he would be here another six months. We didn't know where his life was going. But I knew something. I knew that day at the hospital, the boughs of God, he's yours. And we'll take all of our hands off of it. If you choose to take him, you're still God. But God, if you choose to let us have him. And I thought this morning, early, God wrapped a miracle. And that day, God wrapped a miracle. Not only that, but God wrapped a mark or a label, if you will. We, they, the, Darlene and Tammy was wrapping some gifts and they put them in around the tree. And, uh, and maybe Caleb come in there. And, and I noticed he was looking at all the packages. And, and it dawned on me. He, he didn't, he wasn't looking for the ones that had Elijah. Our Papa starts he wasn't looking for none of them. You know which ones he's looking for? Ones had his name on it, amen. I, and, and and it wouldn't it be amazing if there's a package, but he wasn't marked. You wouldn't know whose it was. And I, I tell you, there's another little boy in me. I like my name on packages, don't you? It's okay to say amen. I don't buy this stuff I'm not liking Christmas. I like Christmas. Amen. So you run today, buy me a present, wrap it, put my name on it. be okay. I don't care. And I got thinking, well, God, did did you mark or label your past? Yes, he did. One day John was a preaching, and you wouldn't like John. Baptist couldn't have handled John. I ain't sure about the rest of the crowd, but I know Baptist couldn't, because he's about to call you snakes and vipers and hypocrites. He's about to tell you go straighten up. He, you wouldn't have liked him. But one day he saw Jesus. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He put a label on it. What was that mark, that label that he was wrapped in? Oh, don't miss this. And and the Bible says she brought forth a son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And then the angel told the shepherd, this should be a sign unto you. That word sign means mark, indication, a a label, if you will. I say, first of all, it was a label of humiliation. A few weeks ago, or just a couple weeks ago, actually, Holly and Kelsey had a little boy and no doubt no doubt somebody brought in a beautiful newbie baby outfit blue don't put pink on boys praise God blue And, and said and mama said that it's what I'm going to bring him home in. No doubt that took place. What would, what would Mary dress Jesus with the first time? Well, may I say, first of all, it was a label of humility. John Phillips describes the scene this way. So in a rough, cold cave attached to an ancient inn, the Son of God entered into human life. Oxen shook their shaggy heads, and camels looked around with disdain. The floor was unspeakably foul. Bats flew in and out. No hot water, sanitation, or midwife was available. And in nearby inn, paying guests, called for food and drink, and sang songs as they sought their beds. Yet the Son of God, Jesus Christ, came in the midst of humiliation. He came into a world, however, why would He come like that? He would come like that because He came to a world that's defiled and depraved and filthy and the dirt of man's sin. He came from the heights of deity to the depths of humanity. He came from heaven's adoration to earth's abomination. He came from heaven's coronation to earth's curses. He came from heaven's excellence to earth's excretions. He came to heaven's glory place to earth's glory place. He came from heaven's hallelujahs to the earth's hates. He came from heaven's joys to earth's jeers. He came from heaven's majesty to earth's misery. He came from heaven's virtues to earth's vices. And he was wrapped in humiliation. Let me tell you this here this morning. Would you please listen? Let me tell you the downfall of our nation. Let me tell you the downfall of a lot of men and a lot of women even that say they're saved. They make the proclamation that I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Here's the downfall. It's a very simple one. We eat up with pride to the point of no end. We forgot what it means to humble ourselves. I'm amazed at how many men... That are struggling with the issues of life. I mean, struggling. I mean, struggling. And yet, God has given a remedy, and, and yet they refuse to accept God's remedy. They're saying, I'll get myself up. I'll straight, I'll pull myself up on my, my bootstraps. I'll get it. I, I got to get some more positive thinking going. When in fact, God said, Humble yourselves for the mighty hand of God. And He said, I'll exalt you. In due time. Are you discouraged? How's your humbling doing? How's your humility? He was wrapped in it, and, and the and the label was of humility. Not only that, but it was a label of confirmation. The shepherds were told, "Here's how you're going to know who he is. You're going to know how he, who he is." how he's wrapped. How he's wrapped. I told you earlier, our, our grandkids, and, and by the way, all of them will probably do it. And, and, and all the rest of us might be under the tree doing it. But what we're going to do is they're going to know which one is theirs. How are we going to know this is him? The Bible says, I'll show you. The wrapping. The wrapping. It's what's going to tell you. This should be a sign unto you. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, a mark, an indication, a label. A poor drunk awoke one morning in a strange kind of bed, feeling something near him warm and soft. Finally, it dawned on him that he had passed out in a stable close to a cow. He laughed as he thought of breakfast. In his mind, he went over those who might be persuaded to help him with a meal. No, I can't ask any of them. They would they would say, I've fallen too low. Then he heard the bells ring and realized it was Christmas Day. And what was the story he remembered about shepherds and angels and a manger? He said, well, I wasn't the first one that woke up in a stable. He thought maybe the reason he slept in a manger that first Christmas that he'd be willing to help a fellow like me. And There, the old drunk fell to his knees and said, God, would you be merciful to me, a sinner? And knew he was saved by God's good grace. God wrapped his gift in him. He wrapped a miracle he wrapped a mark, but then he wrapped a message. The question arises, why wrap the gift? Why not just present it? Well, we said the word, the word uh, uh, and he wrapped the gift. A sign was, was marked and pointed to a label, if you will, but, it, but it's got a deeper meaning than that. The Greek word for the word sign means a visible event intended to convey meaning beyond that which is normally perceived in the outward appearance of the event. Let me just define it this way. There's a whole lot more here. There's more than just this event, it's bigger than this event. Has the idea that the word swaddling means to strap or wrap with clothes? I told you earlier. And they brought the baby home. No doubt, they had a brand new outfit, but not for Jesus. The word "swaddling" has the ideal of a—it's—it's it's a sheet, sheet type of material. It's the closest thing I could could really help us to understand. It's not like a cotton sheet, but it's but similar. And what it was used for was to wrap the dead. She didn't put on him a beautiful little boy's outfit or wrap him in a pretty soft blue blanket. She wrapped him in a death shroud. She wrapped him as if he was going to a funeral, his own. What's the message in a wrapping? Here's the message. He was wrapped to die. Jesus came into this world to die. And He came to die for our sins. I haven't forgot what I'm going to say. That that ought to move us a little. That ought to jar us a little. It, it, it It ought to bother us when we sin. That's why He had to die. Not ought to concern us when we sin. That's why he had to die. And she, 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 he was wrapped to die. The circumstances of his birth remind us when he came. The condition of his birth remind us where he came. But the clothing of his birth remind us why he came. He was born miraculously to die. And from the very first outfit, I got to thinking, that little baby boy they brought home a couple of weeks ago, wouldn't it have been strange if they put a freely dress on him and bows and, and made him out like a little girl? Wouldn't that been strange? But instead, anybody when they when they when they when they took the covers off, you could look at his outfit and know who he was. That's a little boy. Might want a pretty little boy you have. When they opened up baby Jesus, they said, My gosh, has he got terminal disease? Do you have you done had him to the doctor? Had they done told Jesus just got so much time? You got him buried in death clothes. Swaddling clothes was what they would wind their bodies up to be buried. And no doubt Mary, that had hit some things in her heart, wondered, was he born to die? Yes, he was. Why would he do that? why why would he do that let me tell you why because there was a little old boy that sat on a church pew at Iker's Grove Baptist Church one Sunday morning that needed to live that's why he was rapt to die that I might live and every born again believer, he was rapt to die that you and I might have life. And without that, you don't have life. You got an existence, but you don't have life. You make all the money. The Bible says, What would a prophet a man if he gained the whole world and lost his own soul? Or what would he give in exchange for it? What can the devil buy you for, sir? Hey man, what can the devil buy you for? Gains a whole world and lost your own soul. What would it profit a man? Profit him absolutely nothing. He was wrapped to die that I might live. I want to end with a story I found. The reason I had this gift wrapped, we're going to use it tonight and I'll explain that to you in just a moment. A father was really struggling. Money was tight. It's Christmas Eve and, and to be honest with you he felt like a failure. He felt like everything he'd done it went went wrong and he's so struggling and he noticed that they had one roll of Uh, of expensive gold paper. And his five-year-old daughter had gotten that paper and taken it and uh, decorated a shoebox and put it under the tree. And so he, in in his frustration, he said, honey, don't, don't you understand how hard times are? And he even quarreled at her and fussed at her and and, uh, and after a while he he's started feeling so bad about the fact of how he'd acted and yet how that she didn't deserve his frustration that was going on on the inside. The next morning when Christmas came little girl run very excited to the turn of the tree and she brought her gift. and said, here daddy this is for you! And they, he even felt worse than he'd ever felt even the night before and He's just so ashamed he'd acted that way. And, but again, he'd recognize that this gold paper was, was all they had, really. And, and so, so he, he takes a knife and he, he sees the lid, so he, he cuts real gently around the lid and, and so not to mess up the paper, he could reuse the paper without hurting her feelings. And he opened the box and it was empty. And he said... Honey, I can't believe you. If you're going to give a gifts to somebody, you got to put something in it. He's so frustrated. And she said, but daddy, I blew it full of kisses till it was plumb full. And I put the lid on it real quick so they wouldn't get out. In a very broken, brokenness, he failed. He said, please forgive me for my anger. He said, please forgive me, honey. I'm so sorry. It's one of the greatest gifts I've ever got. So he gently taped the, the gold paper around the lid and around the box and he in his bedroom. A few days later the little girl was killed in an accident. and The story was told that every day he would go and take the lid off that gold box and take an imaginary kiss out and put the lid back on. And he was told that it would be the most prized gift and he kept it beside his bed all day for the rest of his life you know what jesus did he wrapped a gift he placed it in a manger and you know what he said to us he said you can enjoy that gift on a sunday morning on christmas week 2013 and in that in that in that gift he loved you when you was unlovable when you was a to him, he's a loving you. When you was angry, he's a loving you. When you're discouraged and, 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 you're, and you think you're a failure, he comes along and he says, Oh, no, 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 no. You're one of my children. You're not, you're not a failure. You're one of mine. And we can pull out of that box the love that God has given us today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that you wouldn't perish you don't have to perish today. Nobody has to perish. It's not His desire that anybody goes to hell. His desire that anybody, everybody goes to heaven. This morning, can I ask you, God personally wrapped His gift for you, and He offers it today. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's all standard.